Hello and welcome to the Centrelight Podcast. My name is Matt Grady. And my name is John Keeley. Centrelight encourages discussion about what church could be and explores Christian life in the 21st century. On the podcast today we have... Shopping advice if you're looking for a new vacuum. As well as wondering about the first hymn. Yeah, we're going to have a discussion about uh, how we interact with church and how we change church and how church changes us. And who is going to win funny thing of this episode. Yeah, but you can't wait. Yeah, we'll have some ideas about um, how you can connect with God and uh, maybe uh, write us on to So, keep listening. So, John, uh, what's happening with you? Well, at the moment, uh, my wife and I are having a big sort out of our flat because we've seemed to, and even such a small space, I don't quite know how we've managed to accumulate so much stuff. Uh, so we're having a big clear out. Uh, and all our rooms are looking quite nice and tidy. We bought a new Hoover. Oh, okay. Ours, uh, yeah. oh, uh, do we have brand place, product place? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's... Um, is it an upright or is it a... It's not an upright, no. Is it a cylinder? It is, it's um, a cylinder, it's bagless, yes. A bagless cylinder? It's yeah. very good and it, um, you can actually increase or decrease the power that it puts okay. in with a little slider. So if you've got a delicate carpet, you can just tickle Put it? Put a dandem in, yeah, but if you've got a big kind of old stain, we'll go something and whack it up to max. And they give you yours for only £35.99. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? Actually, it was £45, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought we'd be sitting talking about Hoover's today? I know, we could be on a QVC or something. <laughs> and yeah, sure, Hoover can do all these great things. Have you ever thought about getting a job for it? <laughs> okay. Working in Comet, giving demonstrations? Well, if this doesn't work out right, I think yeah. I've got a backup plan. Yeah, good, nice, hip, cool stuff to be chatting about. Yeah. Getting down with the homies. So you've been tidying. So yeah, we're cleaning out the flat. Um, and it's looking good. I'm happy with it. And it just helps your head as well. It really helps my head be nice and clear when there's no clutter around. Good. So, yeah, that's kind of what's happening with me. There's a few other things as well, but I won't go on too much. Uh, Sounds good. I know. What about you, Matt? Uh, I've just been making the house as messy as I can. Oh, okay. So you can come around tidy for me. Well, I'm happy to. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm in the zone. Good Christian service. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, what's happening with me? Um, I'm watching a lot of The West Wing. That's I've uh, become addicted. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, um, yeah, into season five now. Three seasons to go. No, two seasons to go. Is it? See, I didn't even know that. Seven, seven seasons. Yes. Well, there you go. Well, so uh, yeah, I've been watching that like that. Um, finding it difficult to not watch about twelve episodes in the one go. I know it's so tough. Uh, yeah, so that's been good. Um, I've been finally managed to get to listen to some David Crowder band Hooray. music. I've been uh, threatening to get something for like about 18 months or something like that. Yeah, you have been going on about it yeah. a lot. You've been quite excited about so it. So I finally managed to track down some David Crowder stuff and been listening to that, so that's been really good. Uh, what else have I been doing? I went to hear Brian McLaren speak. Um, my wife went to see him two or three times. Okay. Twice. She went to two of the sessions. I could only make it to one. And what, what's his... His his take take. Uh, I suppose uh, he's kind of a prominent postmodernist 
which is going to be like a whole other long discussion. I was to going to say that. there's probably so, no point going into yeah, it. Um, it just it just basically kind of one of those guys who's talking about what church could be and just kind of okay. put forward some ideas about um, where we might have over the years kind of drifted into different areas and stuff. And I agree with some of what he says, disagree with some of what he says, but um, I think it's really good that he's asking the questions. It's funny you should mention Brian McLaren, not because what we're about to say involves him at all, but the fact that you went <laughs> to an event. Uh, because now, what a seamless link this is, we have uh, a few events that you might be interested out there in listener land. Three events to tell you about. Uh, check out the website, centrelight.org, uh, for further events that are happening around and about. Uh, Deep Impact National Training Conference for all those involved in Christian youth work, whether you're a volunteer or a paid employee, whether you're working for a local authority, church or agency. Uh, this is on the 23rd to the 25th of January and is at um, the McDonald Aviemore Highland Resort, obviously in Aviemore. Check out www.deep-impact.org.uk for more details. Um, the second event is How to Run a Cafe Church, which is a training day including teaching worship, workshops excuse me, and worship. Um, and that's on the 24th of January, half nine till half four at Queen's Park Baptist Church. And that's £25. Um, for further information, visit www.cafechurch.net. There is also Soundcheck 09, which is hosted by the Speaking Network. And it's a warehouse gathering, which will include speakers, workshops and live music. Um, Ron Sider, who's the author of Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger, is going to explore promises of justice and freedom for the oppressed that are offered in the Bible. And this event is from the 27th of February to the 1st of March and is at the Synergy Centre in London. For more information and uh, booking, go to www.speak.org.uk. And of course, don't forget to check out centrelight.org uh, for more information, the blogs, the forums, and excitingly, the podcast that you're listening to can now, and future ones of course, can now be downloaded uh, and subscribed from iTunes. Well, now it's time um, in this episode for the quick question. <clears throat> okay, what's the question, John? The question uh, is coming from a lovely listener. Thank you. And it is, what was the first hymn? Oh, good. Right, so, uh, first hymn. Well, you have obviously got things like um, Zechariah and Mary singing songs of praise in the New uh -huh. Testament. You've got, uh, other, you've got other bits. Um, there's the hymn you have God, no, you have uh, Adam and Eve singing in the Garden of Eden. No. Oh, they might have, they may have done, but I don't know, is that documented? I'm sure they did. Angels singing in heaven. Uh, oh, but I'm just think. Uh, oh, has it gone over to the bookshelf to get the Bible? This isn't cheap at all. No, he's not cheap, honestly. In, uh, what is it? Uh, Moses' song. Um, Moses. Exodus. Yeah, song of Moses, Miriam, and Exodus 15. What does it say? says, I will sing to the Lord, but he's highly exalted. So that's, that's definitely a, a hymn of praise yes. in the yeah. Star of Exodus. For the power and, and majesty. So so that's it. Beat that. Exodus 15. It's got to be the earliest. Fair enough. What about Graham Kendrick, though? Would you think about well, his stuff's quite old. It's been around for a while now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I suppose the, the biggest kind of documented hymn recordings would be the Psalms. Yeah. David. Yeah. Did a lot of that. It's kind of his job. But no, I think you're right. 
about that. That's definitely the first first reference of, of a hymn of praise that we can see uh, in Exodus. Question answered? Question answered. So today we're going to look at the issue of how we interact with church um, and how that frames your, your kind of personality perhaps. There's things, I mean, things like looking at the message that comes out of the church. So looking specifically at the sermon, is that message changing you week in, week out? Yeah. And uh, or are you just turned off to that message because it's just been the same thing every week and you've got used to it and you know about it and it's like not feeding you anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I suppose it comes down to this idea whether the message actually changes week in, week out. Um, you know, in some churches the message probably doesn't change and the, the sermon's the same sort of topic, same kind of standard fare, nothing too challenging. Uh-huh. I guess God is such a big God and there's so many areas to explore that there's not really an excuse for just like focusing on one little small piece and making God a small God. You should really be covering the different areas of God in your sermons. Clearly there are times when um, a sermon is a God-led thing and it's a mm. specific topic or a specific thing, it's a message for that church. But like in a specific situation, maybe God's got a specific message each week and yeah. it might be quite a similar one of something like perseverance Yeah, you know, through a difficult time. And that, I suppose that would be absolutely fine because as the difference that I suppose that I'm talking about is the message being alive for the people that uh, are hearing it mm-hmm. rather than just delivering the same old yeah. thing because yeah. it's you know the easy thing to do i think it's totally right that churches would go through seasons that god would have a specific message for the church probably wouldn't be delivered just in one sermon uh-huh. that you know maybe over like you say that maybe one church's message needs to be perseverance maybe they need to hear that talks around those sorts of issues for a couple of months and maybe in another church it's on change and in another church you know there's different areas yeah. but for the same church to be hearing the same message week in week out year on year yeah you know as a whole different thing i had remember this kind of story of um, a minister who'd given his sermon and then the guy kind of at the end of the sermon talking to him saying you know you've given us the same sermon all the time uh-huh. and the minister kind of coming back was saying well i'm going to keep giving you the same sermon until you guys get it type thing see that's that's interesting because that is that kind of alive it's the you understand that the minister is aware mm-hmm. of what the church yeah. needs and is trying to ram us home because they're not quite getting it and maybe he was waiting for someone to challenge him on it yeah so he yeah. could actually put his point across even more so but but then we get onto the, the issue of the message of the church and it's not just about the sermon you know it's the kind of whole experience of church you know, if the message from the pulpit is love and action, but then the church aren't doing that, that's sending out a completely yeah. mixed message. Yeah, that's true. So how can the whole experience of church be a message to the community and to us, you know, to our, to ourselves, to, for us to be able to see what's going on and, and to change our own actions and behaviours? There are many people who would go to church and they sing the songs just because they recite them and then the sermon is the, the bit. I think you really need to engage with the whole thing. So you, you need to make you know, the prayer time and the worship time, that has to really be relevant to the people that are there, but also that there's something in there that can communicate and send a message out to people who are just maybe inquiring, they're just coming in for the yeah, first time. Yeah. For me, music is the thing that communicates. That's the, you know, like it's the music that really kind of connects with me. So if the sermon's really long and intellectual, then I'm not going to probably tune into that. But whereas like a line in a song might be all I need to hear one right. week, you know, or to engage in things. Yeah, that might be the, you know, the reason why you're at church that week. 
But that whole idea of church being event raises issues again about us going to church. Are we going because it's the event in our Christian week that makes us a Christian? What's our motivation for going to church? Is it the routine thing, like I said, or is it because that we're waiting to hear from God, that we're anticipating that he's going to speak to us and that he's going to use us to speak to other people while we're there? I imagine for a lot of Christians that they don't necessarily go to church each week expecting big things yeah. to happen. I love that idea of anticipation. Mm, I do as well. You know, like you go to church and you're on your toes, you're just like expecting the Spirit of God to be in the place, you're expecting God to move and speak and you're literally anticipating that and it, there's a buzz and an excitement. Whereas I don't really witness that in church very often. What I witness is people going through the motions yeah. of following their routine. And it's sad because church should be alive, but yeah. it just seems to fail to do that. And the other thing, I guess, <laughs> when you think about church in that sense, is the idea about like forgetting to make it about God. You know, we go to church and make it about us. Yeah, no, that's a really um, good point. And if you're there making it about God, if everyone's there to worship and praise God, and everyone's there to to anticipate hearing from God and to serve one another, to be that community, to be fellowship, then you know, I think that's going to make a different environment. Yeah. It's going to make the place different. And it's... Uh, kind of having that kind of one heart and mind for God. Yeah. A bit like in Acts 2, oh, uh, yeah. you know, where the it talks about the early church and how they were all of one heart and mind. Yeah. Um, and really just tuned in to God. And sometimes we look back at that passage, I don't know, maybe some of you haven't come across it, but it's a fantastic read. I think it's Acts 2, 40 to something like that but sometimes I look back on that passage with a real fondness and think mm-hmm. oh if only I'd been there yeah, at that time yeah. but why not why yeah. can't we have church like that again yeah meet together for fellowship and devote themselves to prayer and, and I know, yeah. de- devotion yeah. don't, we don't think of that anymore no. I, I, well, people do sorry that's a complete generalisation some people do but you know some of the environments that I've seen don't involve yeah. devotion it does no. involve routine and it's about me not about God yeah no that's true I suppose it, maybe some of these things, then looking at how that shapes you and how you influence church, maybe looking at us first, how church influences us. For me, there's this the idea that if you're in a church environment where people are attempting to be gracious, they're attempting to learn how to, to love God, how to trust God, if they're looking to mirror Jesus and they're looking to be gracious and loving and, and genuinely looking out for the other and being humble and serving... Uh-huh that's the type of church you go to, then that's got to rub off on you. Oh, it's, you well, know, it has to. Yeah. I mean, it can't not rub off on yeah. you. Yeah, and on the flip side, if you go to a church where it's harsh and aggressive and, and snipey and people are a bit cliquey, it only takes one or two people to kind of upset everything. Yeah. But if you have that, if you have a more negative type of church experience, then that's obviously going to shape you. And I think when you look at that going out into the world, if you come from a gracious, caring church, that's your kind of default setting almost. Yeah. You know, you're going to be in a, a positive environment. And so it's your natural response outside of church if something goes wrong or someone annoys you or something like that is going to be to be gracious. Again, flipping that back, if you go to a church where it's a bit more abrasive, difficult, a bit more difficult, yeah, difficult yeah. then you're always kind of on the edge when you go out into the world. Um, that whole thing about one or two people to be down or up is such a, a good example. I remember when I worked in the bank that it just took one person to come into the office quite down and it would bring the entire atmosphere mm. of everyone around really down. And on the other side of that, if someone came in really cheery and was quite 
you know, open about their cheeriness, as it yeah, were, yeah. <laughs> that would lift the office yeah, as well. Yeah, that's so true. Um, but unfortunately, it was the down that seemed to win more often than the, yeah. the kind of up, as it were. Life's a bit, I think life can be like that. There's negative and positive. Like, if you, if you have, like, five great things go right in your life and then one bad thing, yeah. then the bad thing seems to win in your doubt. And, it, and, and the flip side, if you have... It's a phrase for this week. Flip side. Flip side. If you have... Um, one bad thing, it takes like five, six good things to kind of recover from that and get, um, That's so true. get like back on track. Um, I wanted to come back to the idea yes. how you influence church. Mm. Um, and I think it touches on the same thing, that positive things can start with one or two. Because if you mm. if you kind of are the example in church of graciousness and kindness, again, that can rub off on other people. And if you're not, if you kind of are a bit defensive and you just let your kind of frustrations yeah. pour out, then other people are going to kind of see that and think, well, it's okay for him. Yeah, because they might have had their own frustrations, but yeah. have actually been actively putting them to the back of their mind and trying yeah, to be yeah. more positive. And then someone comes along with these frustrations and they're verbalising them. It becomes much easier for the other people around to kind of just relax and go, yeah, you know what? I've had problems with this, this, and yeah. this. Uh, and I myself uh, fall into that category. You know, Sometimes it's much easier to criticise than it is to, yeah. to stay positive about things. Yeah. So that's really important about influencing church and trying to be a positive influence on the church I think people as well um, they, sometimes I think people fall into the trap of thinking oh well it's the elder's job it's a leader I'm not a leader in the church I'm not yeah. this and then they don't really appreciate the the influence they might have they don't, you don't know in church who looks up to you or who maybe respects you you don't know someone else's impression of you so you don't uh-huh. know how influential you are in their life Yeah. so that one moment when, when you happen to be uh, rushing past someone if you choose to say hi you know just to take a moment to be interested in their life that might have an amazing impact on them but likewise if you're wrapped up in your own thing and you just kind of brush past and it's almost as if they're not there yeah you don't know what influence that has on them so i think we have to be careful about about trying hard to be you know this image of christ in the church no you're dead right the reason we do have our problems and our difficulties and our frustrations is because it isn't easy Mm. to be a christian certainly yeah um and sometimes church, you know, if you're not getting that kind of feeding or the message from the whole church to be changing, you know, for the positive mm-hmm. and you're having to try and stay positive, it's so difficult. Yeah. Looking at kind of lifestyle, not just locally, but also globally, you know, yeah. recognising that we have an impact in the decisions that we make, clothes that we buy and yeah. coffee that we drink, yeah, yeah. you know, things like that. And, you know, where does a church play a part in that kind of lifestyle message? Yeah. Because you you know you get the message of things like perseverance and patience and gentleness, but how often do you come away from church thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm going to make a real lifestyle change. I'm going to go and change the brand of coffee that I drink. Yeah. You know, because I recognise that it's making it. It will make a difference. Yeah. No, that that's so true, and, and I think the Bible's very clear on on these issues. Um, like justly walk, love mercy, walk humbly. Uh-huh. Micah. Micah six. Did you? You got that even though I messed up. <laughs> anyway, so you've got um, those sorts of things. I think the Bible's full of these parts where it tells you of your respons- your social responsibility. Uh-huh. Church is not full of the message of social responsibility and corporate responsibilities. Uh-huh. It's, it's quite focused on singular personal things. Yeah. Um, I suppose the idea behind that is that if you're becoming more patient and more gentle and more kind, that you then should naturally the understanding of the kind of lifestyle mm. choices. You know, make a lifestyle change yeah. that benefits others. Yeah. But 
sometimes that doesn't quite click in no, the church environment. True. And sometimes people just maybe need to spell that out a bit more. Yeah. It's bit in the Bible. I think it Romans somewhere, maybe 1, 8 or 12. Here's <laughs> <is> my bets. <laughs> but there's a bit in Romans where there's a in one of the translations it says something like be creative in hospitality. Yeah. And kind of making that link it's to Romans, the It's Romans 12. Okay. It's great. So you have this idea but actually we tend to think of graciousness and love and humbly and servitude, servitude <laughs> as the person sitting next to you. Yeah. How many of us actually think who else could I, who could I find to serve? Who could yeah. I find to help? Who could I find to be generous for? So that kind of made links into this thing of going into the world. So, you know, can we um, buy fair trade coffee and be helping the other yeah. in a much more creative way? It comes down to, down to the, the question of who is your neighbour? Yeah. You know, yes. And that's such an important question. And, you know, living our comfortable lives, it's easy for us to say, oh, you know, Joe Bugs down the road, which is true. He is your neighbour yeah. and he may need this, your support and help, but he's not your only neighbour. And I think we need to broaden our horizons yeah. and that aspect of things. I think at different stages in life, depending on how um, much you trust in God or how just how you're feeling, I think there are times in life when you have to make a conscious decision to be gracious you have to make a conscious decision not to uh-huh. to join in if someone's bitching about someone and say you know there are other times the temptation is very easy to yeah. join in and that's something that churches don't kind of tell you that you'll need to make a choice to be mm-hmm. patient that it's difficult you know that you yeah. pray to god for patience you're not just going to get a syringe of kind of patience yeah. in your arm that you need to you know he's going to put you in a situation where you require it i think uh, and uh, w- one thing Linked to this is that they, depending on the church that you go to, depending on the, the kind of um, environment that, that's there, that influences how easy it is for you to make decisions out yeah. in the world. You know, if, if someone is bitching and you come from a church where there's bitching, you'll probably join in. Yeah. If someone's bitching and you come from a church where that's frowned upon and they say, well, do you know what, that's not very gracious, that's not very kind, then you probably, you know, there's a chance that you're going to take that you're forward. You're going to be out. a better stead, really. Yeah. You're going to be able to stand. Stand yeah, up for that. Kind of shapes your, your interaction with the world. I think in summary, I think what we're saying is we need to be aware of the, the links between church and your personality and your actions and how church is formed as a corporate personality. If you're not happy in church, you don't need to settle for that. You don't need to be grumpy and moan about your church. Yeah. You can actually make a difference. Yeah. You can become positive, you know, you can try and change the church for the better. You remind me of a quote about a small group of... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Margaret Mead quote that you could never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Yeah, I really like that quote. Yeah, that applies quite well here. Okay, well, that's us. That is us. For this episode, get on our website, which is, John? Centrelight.org. Yes, and within centrelight.org, you'll find uh, some pages for forums. Indeed. Uh, So you can get on there, register on there, and then post some, some of your thoughts. Yep. Get in touch. You can email us as well. And also we have our blogs. Yeah. Um, some of it will probably be in the podcast, and but yeah. comment on them as well. Let us know what you think. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. gleeful Mr. Grady sitting next to me here. Yes, the uh, winner of winner. last episode's funny thing was me with MacBook Air. With the eject button that 
kind of joked anything. Yep. Yes. Well, thank you all for voting for me. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Okay. Well, I am going to make up for it this episode because I have the funniest thing that I have experienced for a long time. Yeah, John has been building this up. He won't tell me what oh. it is, but he has been building it up. I'm desperate to hear what it is. I would laugh out loud. Okay. Who's uh, who's going to go first? Well, last episode we flipped a photograph from your bookshelf um i haven't got a coin on me yeah. yet again i have a train ticket hang on where's your train ticket over here let's go okay matt's walked away again yeah and your and your coat there okay. right okay so orange side up orange side up i'll take orange side up then okay uh, i'll go for black then the black, will have no idea black what up. Okay. okay so ready to flick it in the air matt here it goes orange, orange up. up that means i go so first. I this one. okay are you ready? I am ready. Now, you happy for me to go first, because once I've said mine, you might not be able to recover to say yours. I'll take the chance. Okay. It was morning time in our house. We both got up, my wife and I, and we were getting ready to go to work. Um, but she couldn't find her watch. So we hunted around, hunted around, couldn't find her anywhere. Anyway, I go and drop her off at the subway, and um, I head on off to my work. And I get a phone call about 15, 20 minutes later. And she's almost hysterical. I said, what's the matter? She's like, well, you know how I couldn't find my watch this morning? I was like, yes. Well, um, you know how I put my other watch on? Yeah, you put the, the one that's maybe a little bit broken. Well, uh, I met our receptionist off the subway and she asked me why I had two watches on. <laughs> She had, we hunted for about 10 minutes to find her watch, and it was on her wrist. So she put her other watch on. She had noticed on the same arm. She had both watches on. I could not stop laughing at that. Uh, so there is my funny thing with this episode. And okay. I think that is, that's quite quite a bar to, to beat. Yeah, that's, that's a contender. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I uh, I once again had a couple of contenders. Okay. Oh, you've had a short list. I had a short list. This is how uh, you got to take these things seriously. Okay. Uh, I am opting for the. Uh, I will opt for. Oh, you still haven't decided. I'm still not. This is how close it is. I am going to go for the. Uh, oh, walking down the street moment. Okay, the walking down the street moment. So there I am. Uh -huh. The listeners will probably, some of the listeners will be using a podcast, uh, an iPod, an to iPod listen to yes, this podcast. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I also sometimes listen to an iPod. Oh, yeah. So uh, I sometimes listen to uh, the Ricky Gervais podcast. That's a good podcast. Um, so there I am, walking down the street. A couple of people coming towards me. Uh -huh. A couple of people beside me. A couple of people driving by in cars. There are probably some people flying overhead in a plane. <laughs> some a, people in offices. I want to set the picture that we're, I'm in the world. Yeah. <laughs> there is oxygen. There is anyway. This could take a while. Yeah. Anyway, so there I am, walking down the street, happy with life, listening to my podcast, mm -hmm. until Ricky uh, Jabez and Carol Plinkton say one of the funniest things in the world I've ever heard, and I burst out laughing <laughs> right in someone's face <laughs> as I'm walking down the street. <laughs> so there I was, this little random man walking down the street got himself laughing. <laughs> So that is my contender for funny thing of the month. Well, we'll leave it up to the vote, and uh, we'll look forward to announcing the results next episode. Yeah, we will. I would just like to say one more thing. Oh, sorry. One nil. No.
So, let's move on to spiritual caffeine. Yep. Uh, spiritual caffeine is where we give some ideas that you can try that are not too time-consuming, but they just to give you a little lift and maybe to help you get some spiritual growth or new perspective or some, uh, maybe hear from God. So, John, do you have an idea to share with us? Yeah, I've got an idea. It's um, to do with psalms. And it's to do with uh, writing your own psalm, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's something I did a while back, actually, as part of a, a youth group. Um, and it's not, again, it's not anything that hasn't probably been out there before, but I found it really useful. And you just write down, no matter how you're feeling, you take five, ten minutes out of your, your day and then reflect on what you've written and really try and tune into God and see what he's saying to you in response to what you've written. Oh, yeah, that's quite good because, I mean, there's a few maybe things come out of that for me and one of them is almost like respond on behalf of God where, like, you know, if you've, what would you think God would say to the you know, okay. to that prayer. But I think it, I think that that's which is a good exercise. But I do think it's important that you listen to actually for for God's answer as well. Yeah. You know, uh, two way communication. Another thing you could try, I suppose, is to, to treat it like a letter that's come to you from a friend. Oh, okay. And then think how you would um how you respond, you'd respond to, to that friend. You know, that's a good idea. So because if they're happy, you're going to share in their joy. Mm. And if there's a, a you know if they've got problems, difficulties, then you may be able to help them and, and then actually adopt that into your own. Yeah. situation that sounds really good um, I suppose the other thing you could do is once you've written it and kind of reflected on it you could think about whether there are any psalms actual psalms in the bible oh, yeah. that are similar to what you've written okay. you know what is there is it a kind of a, a cry for help that you've written is there can you find a psalm in the bible like that yeah you know what what were the the characters of that time thinking and, and what was god's response to that because i think sometimes we we forget that the Bible does have answers to these questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they're real practical answers for things like that, this. That's true. Uh, and, you, and, and it also shows, you know, I think we also get hung up in the fact that maybe we're the first person to feel this way or the yeah. only, you know, whereas, like, there's nothing new in life that isn't in the Bible. So, uh, yeah, that's quite cool. That is good. Um, also, when you're writing it, you might want to have some quiet, reflective time. That's what um, I mentioned that there was a youth group I did at, and that's what we did. It was a quiet time. But actually, I took mine home and... Um, wrote some more and thought I could turn this into a, a song um, and I did and I wrote uh, and that actually really boosted me and I actually wrote another four songs on the back of oh, doing that cool. one. Um, and so for me that was a real spiritual kick spiritual caffeine well that's that's an idea for some spiritual caffeine and if you try it and if it works for you get on the, the website centralite.org and let us know what you think uh, and also um, keep your eyes and ears open for uh, John Cooley's album Four Songs of Praise <laughs> Coming out anytime soon. So now it's time for Ideas for Church. And this episode's idea comes from your friend and mine, Mr. Matt Grady. Uh, what's the idea this time, Matt? The idea is worship swap. Ah, oh, that sounds interesting. So what you do is you have a worship leader in your church, say it's someone who plays organ or right. piano or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you know, if you have that every week, find another local church who have a, a different style. I mean, it could be the same style, but... It'd be more better with a different style. So you have uh-huh. someone who's maybe like they have a praise band, right? A worship band, and uh, swap. Ah, okay. So the praise band would come into the organ playing church, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, that that's yeah good. You've got it. Wow. Um. So just give you a little scenario how it would work is a bit more. Um. So if you have like a church who's used to singing like Wesleyan hymns and uh-huh. with the organ, uh, and, and that sort of thing, they would send their organist away. 
to the, the church down the road. Okay, to the church. Uh, do get to come back. <laughs> so they send them down the road and uh, get the, you know, if they have a praise band, bring them along and, okay. and swap so that, and for it to work best, it wouldn't just be a case of like the, the praise band come in and sing the Wesleyan hymns uh, and no. guitar and stuff. It's actually like a totally new thing. So they would come in and do like, say, Matt Redman, Chris Tomlin, something like that. Okay. If you look at 360. Uh-huh. And the other uh, people, well, sorry, Matt. Yeah. 360? What? <laughs> you mean flip at 180? Because 360 would be back where you started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> flip at 180. I'm glad someone was getting Yeah. Flip it, what, uh, yeah. flip it 180. <laughs> and then, so you've got the, the, the church who are uh, used to singing their, their crystal and stuff like that, the modern stuff. And they would sing some Wesleyan hymns. Oh, okay. So, you know, you can get a different perspective and, and see how things work. And would you do it, like, for... Would it be a month thing? Would it be a couple of weeks? Or I think you just do it for week? one week. Just for one week? I mean, I guess you would come to your own arrangements. You might really love it's it and then do some different changes. But I think the idea would be you just do it once. It's just and what would be the kind of benefits of it, do you think? Well, I think it would give you a different perspective. You know, the older hymn writers, mm-hmm. a, you know, they wrote in a different language yeah. and they, they maybe focused on different things. Modern hymn writers, write, songwriters write in a different language and, and uh, give you a chance to appreciate you know, both perspectives, I think they, they both have something to offer. Everyone has their preference, but which yeah. communicates more with them and stuff. But That sounds really good. It sounds like it'd be quite refreshing. Um, mm. And I, I think um, if someone didn't like it, the next week they'd maybe appreciate their own worship yeah. more. Yeah, they would, I think so. Um, so it works on both sides. Oh, well, give it a try. Let us know um, if you've actually tried it or if you're going to try it now because you've heard it here. Um, on the forum, on the website, centrelight.org. Well, folks, the time has come. The that's, time has come, indeed. Yeah, that's that's everything for this episode. Uh, so, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it will be another episode very soon. And of course, uh, don't forget to check out the website, which is all the W's dot uh, And on there we have the forum, we have the bugs. We have a place for you to ask questions, uh, and of course, the uh, vote for my funny thing of the month. Uh, my, no, my funny thing of the month to win this time. I think you'll find. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, let us know what's going on in your part of the world. Catch you next time. <laughs>